I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Just starting university? Learn how to budget so you don't blow your entire grant in Freshers Week. Plus, how your credit rating as a student can affect your ability to get finance long after you've finished your studies. And last but not least, we hear from a Money Show listener who's faced with an interesting conundrum, whether to pay off his student loan or save for a property. I'm now very, very close to repaying all my student loan, um, but I wonder if it was a mistake and whether I should have focused on getting on the property ladder first. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's weekly podcast about personal finance and investing. I'm Lucy Warwick-Ching, the FT's personal finance digital editor, And this week, I'm bringing you a special show on how to survive as a student on a budget. Across the country, thousands of proud parents have spent the past few weeks dropping off their sons and daughters at university. Alongside anxious students about to embark on degrees will be thousands of mothers and fathers with concerns of their own, from whether their child will settle in to how well they'll look after themselves. For some, the biggest fear will be how their child will cope financially. Pip Landers-Letts, Barclays Head of Youth, Student and Graduate Propositions, joins us in the studio to tell us how students can stay on top of their finances so they can enjoy everything university has to offer. Welcome, Pip. We're already a week or so into the new term for some students. Can you start by telling us how much university will cost the average student and what makes up those expenses? Hi, Lucy. Thank you. So, understandably, it's really daunting when students are heading off to university uh, and many of them will be managing their money for the first time. Um, Trying to find your feet in this new world is already really stressful. So our research actually shows that money worries are the number one concern for Gen Z students, even over exam stress. You know, there's things like tuition fees. They vary across the UK um, and they can cost up to £9,250 a year for undergraduates in England. Uh, Accommodation is usually the second biggest cost that varies in halls versus private rental accommodation. But then you factor in things like living costs, so food, travel, phone bills, utilities, not to mention things like the gym and sports and clubs and going out. It, It all adds up. So understandably, it's hugely stressful for them. And so what can students do to keep their finances in check? So I think bank account is a good place to start. Most students are going to need a bank account as they head off to university. So my first tip would really be to do some research, spend a little time looking into what it is um, that is the right account for you. Don't just look at the freebies that banks are offering, but really kind of dig into the detail. Um, You know, most students will consider taking out an overdraft and banks offer interest or fee-free overdrafts, which is something a lot of students will need. But look into what happens after you graduate. It's not going to be free money forever. So understand what you're going to need to pay back. 
Um, whilst we're on the topic of freebies, uh, this year we've actually teamed up with Campus Society. We're offering a free e-textbook subscription to 10,000 students who open an account with us. Um, loads of banks offer different freebies. So look into the right thing for you, the thing that's most relevant and will offer you the best saving. We know at Barclays books are expensive, um, not just for the students, but also for their parents. It's an average of around £120 a year on textbooks. So it could be a great saving. And if that works for you, then that's fantastic. You mentioned budgeting. So why is that important for students and, and how can they do it? I mean, budgeting sounds like something that's really intimidating, quite grown up, hard work. Um, but you can think of it as upskilling for life. It's something that will help you forever and you'll need to do it forever. So I'd say, you know, planning ahead, that big loan dropping into your account might feel really exciting and tempting. It's a big injection of cash, but it will likely have to last you for the whole term. So staying on top of your spending and thinking about the bills you'll have coming up and planning for them uh, is really important. And I'd recommend things like taking a separate account. This can be a really helpful way of not overspending and setting funds aside and also uh, keeping an eye on your balance. So lots of banks have great apps um, that are fantastic for doing this. Ours, for instance, you can uh, actually uh, break down your spending, which is super helpful helpful to see where you could cut back. Uh, You can also set spending limits with our app as well, but lots of banks have apps that will help you do that. Is there anything a bit more kind of lighthearted that you can suggest? Yeah, definitely. It doesn't have to be boring. So, I mean, retailers absolutely love students. Um, They want to give students discounts. So don't be scared of asking for them either. Shop around for the best deals. Um, You can have a bit of competition with your friends so you can make the best meal from their reduced reduced aisle in the supermarket. Um, And banks usually offer cashback as well. So always look out for the cashback offers. With us, you can get up to 10% from participating retailers uh, if you shop through our app. And you can also try saving just a little bit here and there, kind of putting things by. You'll be surprised how quickly it all adds up and you can treat yourself at the end of time. That's a really good idea about the uh, supermarket shop. Perhaps they can try a uh, come dine with me, (laughs) (laughs) student style. Um, Thanks very much there to Pip Landers Letts of Barclays. You can read more about student finances in my family money column on our website, ft.com forward slash money. Coming up on The Money Show, an avid FT Money listener calls in with a question about student loans. But first, among the hundreds of thousands of students starting university, the financial burden is felt in a number of ways. TransUnion, the credit referencing agency, has launched a campaign to promote the credit conversation amongst students. Kelly Fielding, Managing Director of Consumer Markets at TransUnion, joins us down the line to talk about how students can manage their finances and take ownership of their credit reports. Welcome, Kelly. Hi, Lucy. First, we understand that students come from a variety of financial backgrounds. Can you talk us through these different student demographics? Sure. Well, there's a real spectrum here, ranging from those relying entirely on loans to those fully funded by the bank of mum and dad. I think most students actually sit somewhere in the middle in that loans will be the means for paying for tuition for most undergraduates, but then also maintenance loans will will vary dependent on their circumstances. Many students supplement their funding with additional finances. So we know, for example, that a third rely on a credit card during their student years. Now, in terms of their credit score, it's not actually negative for students to have additional borrowing during this time. It's important that it's managed properly. So it's essential that students are realistic about how much they can afford to pay back each month and don't take on more debt than they can they can manage. So, you know, learning to budget is part of the student experience and that applies to, to credit too. I think it's also worth knowing as well that a student loan is not recorded on the credit report. And this, this is um, something that research has shown us that people aren't necessarily aware of. Mm. Student loans are treated differently to other types of finance. 
So there's actually no disadvantage to those who take out a student loan in terms of their credit score. But it is important to keep an eye on your credit reports because it will be referenced for other things like taking out phone contracts or verifying your identity, which is, is really important to a student. And there, there are lots of free services online like Credit Karma, Money Supermarket, Totally Money, all provide free credit score and, and report services where students can go and check their reports regularly and then get guidance and, and offers that help them manage their finances appropriately. And so what are your kind of top tips for students for improving their credit ratings? Um, there's, there's a few things they can do. They should try not to keep high balances on their credit cards. Make sure that the minimum payment each month is, is made. It's also important not to take out lots of credit applications over a short period of time because that will negatively impact your report. Uh, it's really important to pay your bills on time or early if possible because late payments are recorded on your report and that's particularly important where you're in shared accommodation, of course. You need to establish the ground rules there to make sure that no one misses the, the utility bill that you will be associated with. Um, it's important to make sure you're, you're on the electoral roll because as well as enabling you to vote, that also helps with your credit risk score. It shows, it shows lenders that you have a, a stable address. So if you're moving around during your time at university, it's essential to keep it up to date. Yep. And then making sure that you don't exceed your, your overdraft limit is another thing that will, that will have a negative impact on your score as well. So in, improving your score really is something that, that everyone should be consciously trying to do because it helps when you're shopping around for better finance deals. Thanks very much there to Kelly Fielding of TransUnion. You can read more on how to improve your credit rating on our website at ft.com forward slash money. We love hearing from listeners to the FT Money Show as it reminds us that someone's out there listening to us and forming views of their own. So we were delighted when Will Dunn, a 25-year-old who studied mathematics at Bath University and is now living in London and working in finance, phoned in with his question on when to pay off a student loan. My name is William Dunn. I'm from London. Um, and my question is that the new student loan system is a very complicated financial product, in my opinion. Um, so given its complexity, it's difficult to know whether to make early repayments given the high rate of interest. I graduated in 2016 and decided to start repaying my student loan rather than saving a deposit for a house. I'm now very, very close to repaying all my student loan. Um, but I wonder if it was a mistake and whether I should have focused on getting on the property ladder first. I'm sure a number of our listeners will be thinking the same. Guy Anker of MoneySavingExpert.com joins us down the line to talk about it. Welcome, Guy. Hi there. So first of all, can you tell us how student loans actually work? Yeah, sure. I, mean, I think loans probably don't word in actual fact. They're more of a, a graduate contribution than a loan. Um, and I think that misnaming almost creates a panic. It might actually dissuade people from, from going to university that might otherwise um, have been able to. Because the crucial thing is, not with a credit card, let's say you spend £10,000, you've got to pay £10,000 back plus interest. In theory, it's the same with a loan, but what actually happens with student loan, what actually happens is you're paying back a certain percentage of your salary, which I can get on to in a second. And um, if it's not paid back after 30 years, that's it. It, it just wipes out. Mm. So you only pay back, you know, everything, you know, within those thresholds, which I'm sure we're about to talk about. So not everyone pays the full amount back. So you know, this, this 50 grand debt, 60 grand debt headlines we see, while true on paper, aren't necessarily the reality because you don't always pay the full amount back. <laughs> Interesting. That's, that's made me even more confused. Um, so when do you have to start paying them back? 
So it, it, it all begins in April after graduation. And that's when you start paying back. And, and, it, and it can be quite confusing, you're right, in terms of the, you know, what it is you're paying back. It's, it's actually 9% of all earnings above £2,144 per month, mm. which basically means just, just under a 26 grand a year salary in, in, you know, in, in, in real terms. Mm. Um, so anything above that, 2144 a month, um, you're paying back 9% of it from the April after, um, after you've graduated. So as you can see, if you earn less than that, you actually don't, you know, you're just not paying anything back mm. until the point at which you hit that threshold, which is why not everyone will end up paying the full amount back. I must stress that's the current rate. It will rise every year with inflation. Mm-hmm. And so um, what happens to the debt if it isn't paid then? It's, it's, it's very simple. After 30 years, your debt is wiped out. No, whether it was 50 grand, whether it's five grand, whether it's 5p, mm. whatever's left over at that stage, 30 years after you were due to begin paying it back, which is the April after graduation, mm. it's just gone. It's that simple. And so why do people pay them off early? I know lots of people who've said, well, I just want to scrap the debt for my, my children and just they pay off the student loans as soon as they can. Why do they do that? I can understand why. I can take myself back to when, when I was... Um, Shortly after I was a student, now I was—I wasn't under this system. I—I I started university at the end of the nineties, so I was in a completely different system, and you know I had to literally pay my debt back, mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to get it off my you know shoulder as quickly as possible. Um, for, you know the amounts weren't as big as they are these days either, so it was easier. And I can understand people having that noose around their necks, wanting to pay it off. But what's really important, just the pure mathematics of it all, if you are a high earner, you will probably pay it back. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a lower earner, you may not pay it back at all over the 30 years, which means it might be a mistake to pay it off early. Because as I said, all you need to do is, it'll come out your salary if, if you're if you're mm-hmm. PAY, all you need to do is just continue paying that 9% above £2,144 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will just go on in perpetuity until until 30 years are up. Um, so it can be a mistake. Obviously, no one's got a crystal ball, so you mm-hmm. don't know what they're going to earn. You know, you might be in a in a in a in a role that you know where you can make pay rises. You might be in a role where you know you get astronomical pay rises. You don't necessarily know the answer, but it can be a mistake to pay it back too early for those reasons. Mm. That's really interesting. And and what should you do then if you've got a bit of extra cash and you were planning to uh, pay off your student loan? You know, should you, as Will asks, maybe save for a property? I think only Will can answer that, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and it's the same, same going for the other listeners. Um, mm. What I would say is, is just be aware of the facts and the mathematics around it. Um, if you are certain, and I don't know how you can be, but if you are certain that you're going to be a very high owner over the years, then you're almost certainly going to be paying that loan back in full. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the earlier you pay it back, the better, because you'll, you, know, you'll, you pay less interest. Mm-hmm. But of course, having said that, you might, you might put it in an investment or property that makes even more money than, than the interest is costing you because it's a fairly low interest rate um, on, on, on student loans. Um, so it's a decision will that other people have to make themselves. But just arm yourself with the facts. Um, do you think you're the sort of person that's likely to be paying it off you know, over your lifetime? In which case, it's not a terrible idea to pay it back early. Um, are you the sort of person who almost certainly won't be paying it off 
um, over the 30 years. Well, absolutely don't put any money towards it. But of course, without that crystal ball, we don't know for certain. Thanks very much, Guy Anker, and thanks to Will Dunn for sending that question in. We hope it's been useful, and a big thank you to all our readers and listeners who regularly comment on our articles or who get in touch to share their views. If you would like to contact me to comment on this topic, or perhaps suggest an item for a future podcast, then you can email us, money at ft.com. You can also follow us on Twitter for the latest news alerts. Our handle is at ftmoney. Or join our new LinkedIn group, Search for FT Your Money. We'll be back next week at the usual time. Goodbye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.